Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 327. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by the sponsor of this podcast, Blueprint MCAT, and one of their amazing live online instructors. Today, we're going to be talking about a very common question, right? What if I don't have physics? What if I don't have biochem? Can I, can I do well on the MCAT? Can I still get a good score? That is what we're going to be covering today. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com. Sign up for their free account where you get access to a half-length diagnostic as well as a free full-length exam for free. Did I mention? It's free. Go to blueprintmcat.com today. Let's go and jump in to our discussion today about taking the MCAT without some classes. Nicole, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. Always a fun time. I'm excited to have you. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy application season. Uh, You are (laughs) an MCAT expert, a a blueprint, live online instructor, and now a medical school applicant. Uh, Before we jump into our our MCAT topic for today, (laughs) any wise words of wisdom for those who are also... Uh, either about to embark or in their application cycle? I'm going to go with uh, patience is the name of the game. We gotta, <laughs> we all got to stick together and we got to just, uh, for a lot of students, you know, hopefully if students have already, you know, submitted some applications at this point, um, those secondaries are, you know, hopefully chugging along for most people that, uh, you know, comes the easy part and the hard part. If you're, the work is done, but now all that's left to do is wait, which is, uh, you know, certainly just going to take some getting used to. I'm like, feel like antsy. I'm like, where, like, where's the next essay? Like, I feel like I should be working on something. Um, and now it's just trying to be patient, stay positive. You know, it's a long, it's a long process. Um, so always a balance. Yeah. All I can think about is, is the meme that everyone uses of, uh, Pablo Escobar from, from the narco show of him just like waiting in different places, just like, just, sit and wait have that patience yeah yep. it's it's huge yep uh, just lots lots of waiting i feel like i've really only technically been waiting for a few days and i'm already like stir crazy <laughs> um so <laughs> i know i said i know a lot of other students are feeling that uh those you know those same urges to check sdn and then you know trying to convince themselves not to um yeah all, all of that right now. So you're yeah, trying to cultivate that patience, you know, staying positive, you know, being confident that, you know, we've all done, you know, you've give, you put, hopefully put your best foot forward. 
Um, you know, and if that's not right for a school, then you wouldn't have been a good pair. So that's the, that's the mentality that I'm trying to keep. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Well, I would love to talk about our MCAT topic for today. A very common question that we get all the time is, hey, like, I'm looking at my school schedule. I'm looking at my application schedule. I'm looking at my MCAT schedule. And I don't think I'm going to be able to take insert course here, right? Biochem, (laughs) physics too, are typically some of the most common ones because those are typically taken a little bit later in a student's uh, kind of academic cycle. From your perspective, when a student either will not take one of those big heavy science courses, or maybe they're in the course while also studying for the MCAT, what should students think about in terms of their MCAT preparation when not having that kind of foundational knowledge? Yeah, I think this is definitely something that students need to think critically about. Um, And it definitely varies a bit depending on the courses. So we'll expand on this um, a little bit in a few minutes. But I would definitely say it's a lot easier to kind of uh, self-study, if you will, your way through physics two than it is for bio-biochem. Um, just because of their relative importance on the exam and to what level you're going to be expected to know some of these concepts. Uh, I think the other really thing, important thing to think about is, um, is do, do you really need to take the MCAT right before you take that course? For some students, the answer is going to be yes. Um, but as, you know, listeners of this and, you know, other podcasts will know, um, taking gap years is also becoming more and more important. So if that's something a student, you know, is kind of maybe that early, you know, on the, in the, on the earlier side, they're really planning ahead, you know, maybe they're in their first or second year of undergrad and they're thinking, okay, when, you know, what are some big milestones that I'm going to reach and when am I going to reach them? Um, deciding to take a gap year can actually be a way to take a lot of that pressure off, um, of trying to study study all at once, trying to take these classes and do your application. So I think that's also something that students should kind of consider off the bat is like, might it be better for me to actually spread some of these items out? For some students, that means, you know, if they're able to, they might take the MCAT earlier, they might take it later, or they might take a gap year. Um, so I think that's something really important to think about here as well. Yeah. So one of the biggest, the, the biggest challenges, right, is, is um, that question. Do I take a gap year? Do I not take a gap year? Do I just kind of grip my teeth and bear it? Um, How much at a disadvantage do you think students are without that information? Like, do do you know if we, we probably don't have any data on like, oh, students who have taken biochemistry prior to taking the MCAT score on average, right? Uh, We probably don't have good data like that. But, but do you have a sense of like, the disadvantage that students potentially are under, do you think it really is like you can self-study this if you have the time? Yeah, I think uh, that last that last uh, clause there, if you have the time, is a is a very very important one here. And so if we if we think about like what sections are on the MCAT, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we have the car section, we have um, chemistry and physics, right? Chem phys, we have psych soch. Um, but the other category, right, is um, bio biochem, <laughs> right? So just if you think about even just the basic nomenclature for how we like talk about different sections on the MCAT. Um, like based on that alone, we just assigned biochem to an eighth of the test, um, which is a lot of the test. That is a lot. Um, versus let's just say, you know, even if 
I think even if the balance between physics one and physics two was equal, which I would say it's probably not, mm-hmm. um, you can see that physics two is probably going to be less of a component of the MCAT than biochem is. So for me, if, if a student says they're self-studying for physics two, um, I think that can definitely work. I actually took physics two concurrently while I was studying for the MCAT. This discussion also changes a little bit. Are you taking it at the same time as you're studying or are you not taking it at all before your test? Those are very different conversations as well. Yeah. Um, so I had done a little bit of uh, AP physics in high school. So I kind of I had a little bit of background in physics two and I was taking it at the same time. So if, for example, that was your situation, I wouldn't be that concerned for a student who was taking physics two and studying at the same time. Um, In part because particularly for physics two, like I kind of alluded to before, um, there's more physics one on the MCAT. So when I say physics one, I'm talking about mechanics. And when I say physics two, I'm talking about electricity and magnetism. Um, There's definitely electricity on the MCAT, not a ton of magnetism. Thank goodness. Um, You can definitely get some questions, but it's not a a huge topic. Um, It wouldn't be out of the question for you to have your test and you just happen to not get any magnetism questions that day. Um, I don't think I had any magnetism questions on my MCAT. So that's, it, it's not a huge deal for physics too, but for bio biochem, I start, I start to get scared because there's a lot, there's a lot that goes in to biochemistry. Um, and also just informing your understanding of other concepts on the MCAT too. So even questions that aren't specifically biochem, I think biochem also gives uh, students like insight into some reasoning skills, um, hopefully depending on the way your course is structured that you might just have not got might have not gotten exposed to in your mm. other like biology courses. Yeah. Do you think uh, for the sake of this conversation, do you think bio biochem and physics too are the most common topics uh, subjects that come up or if if someone's like hey I haven't taken ochem, right? Is is that the same conversation or would you go wait a minute, we have to draw a line? Yeah. I, I started, I started like scared laughing a little bit when you said OCHEM. Um, one, because for a lot, the way a lot of universities kind of structure their chemistry sequence, um, right? Like if you haven't taken OCHEM, I'd be surprised if you've taken biochem because some bi- a lot of biochem classes touch on OCHEM concepts. Um, so I, I would be quite scared if somebody told me that they were trying to teach themselves organic chemistry, right? Like that class kind of universally, I think in a lot of universities has a reputation for being difficult. Um, and once again, I think this is in part because it just requires a different skill set in part than students had previously done, right? So things like working through mechanism problems, thank goodness, not something really the MCAT is going to ask you to do at a high level. Um, but bringing in listen, a lot of this, these reasoning skills and adding those in to your kind of more memorization type course concepts that you're probably used to. I, I would be scared if somebody told me that they were self-studying for OCHEM. I would probably say that would be a no-go. Um, like I said, in part as well, because they probably haven't taken biochem yet. So um, it also depends, right? Are you, are you trying to self-study for both physics too and bio-biochem? Um, right, because the bottom line is, you know, technically, technically, right, you can teach yourself anything. Technically, <laughs> I can hand you a textbook, and technically, you could be great and you could do fine. Um, but the question is, how much effort are you going to have yeah. to put in that? How much time is that going to suck um, from the rest of your studying? Mm-hmm. Right? How much longer is your study period going to be? And then, therefore, if your study period is longer, um, right, then we have to start thinking about forgetting curves. And are you actually going to even retain that information if you have to? 
tack on an additional two months to self-study, you know, bio, biochem at twice the pace your university would have teach it, taught it to you and teaching it to you all by yourself. Um, that's a lot. It starts to make yeah. me nervous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, the my, my favorite line is possible, not probable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, can you do it? <laughs> sure. like, yeah, of course you can do yeah. it. Would you do it? What do you think this is the same conversation uh, a large percentage of my my normal audience, people who listen mm-hmm. to podcasts kind of across the board um are non-traditional students. Do you think mm-hmm. this conversation is the same for someone who hasn't taken biochem, ochem, physics in like 5 years, 6 years versus someone who just took it last semester? Do you, do you think not taking it for a long time is equivalent to not taking it period for MCAT prep. Yeah, I think it, I think it really depends on the student. I think it also really depends on how long it's been since you took that. Right. So one student who hasn't seen a physics problem in four years, right. If they were, you know, if they kind of have a natural aptitude for physics, or maybe they really enjoyed their physics classes, or maybe they took um, not just introductory physics, right, but they also maybe took some higher level physics because they were previously in engineering, right, and now they're in a career changer. Um, so for some students, certain topics might be easy to pick back up again. Um, but I definitely have had lots of conversations with my non-traditional students of um, them struggling kind of to get through the content. Um, and so if, I think if you are a non-traditional student and it's been three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, right. Since you took the, hopefully not, if it, if it was 20 years, hopefully, you know, maybe you were going to go back and do some additional coursework. I, I do know. It's, it's funny you say that. Time points. <laughs> I, I do know someone who emailed me. She was a physical therapist. So all of her wow. prereqs for, for being a physical therapist were 20 years uh-huh. ago. She sat for the MCAT, didn't retake any classes, did well enough, and and got into med school. Wow, it's crazy! Great for that. One. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. So, so one of those things like if you if you are a non traditional student and you're introspecting right now and you're like, I'm that person that is like, chemistry was rough the first time <laughs> around. Didn't like it then. Tried to immediately block it out after the exams. I only took the basic courses. I've never used those skills since. Yeah, um, yeah it's going to take you longer to do content review. You're probably going to have to put in some more time compared to your average pre-med, right, who took most of their prereqs probably within the last one to two years. So I think if you are in that situation, right, make sure that you are being flexible with your test date, Um, right? So if you are somebody who is like, oh, I'm only going to study for three months, I'm going to test in May, I'm like, I'm going to test in early May, and then I'm going to apply at the end of May, and I'm going to be done with all my applications by August, right? Like, you're like, I want to be early. So that is a situation that would scare me because you you probably in, aren't going to know how much you've retained and how much you've lost until you actually start working through the content. So I think if you're somebody who's far away from those classes for whatever reason, um, make sure you have the flexibility to push your MCAT test date back, right? If you want to start out aiming for an earlier date, um, I think that's great. You know, I think making sure we have deadlines is really important for MCAT studying. So otherwise it's really easy to just keep putting things off. So like definitely lock down that test date, um, but make sure you're not backing up and putting yourself in a point, you know, at a point where you were originally aiming to test in June of your application year. So people don't know um, it takes a month to get your MCAT score back. Um, and if you, for example, wanted to push back your exam or retake it, 
right, then you would start getting pushed really dangerously far back in the application cycle. Um, because as like I said, hopefully a lot of people listening to this podcast know rolling admissions are important submitting your application um, as early as you can while still submitting your best application. Um, you know, something that students should ideally be aiming for. So flex, giving yourself flexibility, I think, is the name of the game here if you're a non-trad student. All right. So there you have it. Hopefully this gives you a little bit more insight into what you can or can't do or should or shouldn't do on the MCAT. A lot of it is just a risk benefit equation. Some of it is just a timing equation. Does does the timing work out for you? Hopefully it does. But hopefully this gives you a little bit more insight into what you need to do to do well on the MCAT. Hope you have a great week. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.